Hello, and welcome to Every Little Counts. Today's episode is about listening. Does that sound familiar? Can you name the film that opens with these ambient noises? Somewhat famously, the composer Ennio Morricone intentionally left music out of the opening credits to the movie Once Upon a Time in the West. The scene starts with a cowboy dismounting his horse at an old wooden train station. As it progresses, we are introduced to a few more characters who are nonchalantly going about their business. The typically indistinguishable background noises of a fly, a man cracking the joints of his fingers, water dripping from the ceiling, and the creaking of some worn-out old sign all stand out significantly. They provide a kind of dry, fairly ambiguous, yet still eerie setting. Morricone seemed to know that the sheer emptiness of the valley, peppered with the few sounds of the men at the train station, emitted suspense all on its own. This was an unusual choice, especially 50 years ago when it was made. The opening of this film causes us to listen with heightened attention. Whereas ordinarily, listening is something we definitely all take for granted. It likely is related to the fact that our sense of hearing is the first sense that develops in the womb, around four and a half months into pregnancy. So we adjust to hearing and listening before we even have witnessed the world. This hints at the supernaturalness of sound as well as our vibrational makeup. We are made up of billions, or more likely trillions, of infinitesimal vibrations after all. This also hints at sound's integral place in the world. Humans are very sonic creatures with lots of sonic curiosity and an uncanny ability to create an unlimited number of sounds in the forms of communication, music, synthesis, and just plain old noise. Sound is necessary. We literally cannot imagine a world without it. Language would have never emerged. There would be no music, no accompanying noises to the myriad things we do every moment of every day. We would exist in a frictionless space with no seams or ridges or other transitional aspects that enable us to observe difference. It would be entropy. At least, this is what my understanding of physics indicates to me. And something about sound that really gets me? is its definitive place in the realms of physics, music, and spirituality. Three of my favorite things to think about. When studying sound, we study acoustics, a branch of physics, which breaks down further into the study of wave phenomena and harmonic theory. Music is typically the study of pitch and rhythmic properties of sound, though experimental music breaks this rule on a regular basis. And in the spirit realm, sound, specifically the word, first breathed life into the universe, 
Additionally, ritualized forms of sound like music, mantra, and chanting all translate the power of sound into aspects of the divine. On a more practical level, listening is truly fundamental to us in countless everyday ways as well. It's hard to say when I first became so enthralled by listening closely to things. I do, however, remember a time when I was in college where a small group of friends and I were taking a walk down to the Hudson River, and we collectively took note of a small flock of birds flying over. We quickly quieted down, stood still, and took in the subtle changes in the shifting directions of the bird's flight. It was literally breathtaking. It was also pretty cool that our little group was so eager to tune into that moment, especially since this was something that couldn't be recreated. Listening feels like it reveals the magic inherent to the earth. It implicates unseeable forces that are the cause of life itself. And speaking of birds, more than any other creature, they share their musicality with us every day, and the arrival of their songs often marks seasonal transitions. When I lived in Somerville, just outside of Boston, as spring became summer, I would enjoy listening to the impressive repertoire of mockingbirds. It was usually just one male bird cycling through dozens of calls, boasting its music collection to any female mockingbirds and curious humans in the area. I never tired of listening to this because these birds simply couldn't exhaust their melodic musings. At an earlier point, when living in Brooklyn, a friend and I were taking a stroll around the neighborhood, and we had noticed some flyers up regarding a missing exotic bird. Funny enough, during the walk, we heard a barrage of sounds coming from up in a tree. It suddenly dawned on us that it must be the missing bird. We just stood there for a few minutes, taking in the concert. I checked in with my friend, and neither of us can remember the kind of bird that was so willing to sing for us. Whichever kind it was, it was no stranger to Brooklyn, because beyond its bird calls, it performed flawless versions of car alarms and other city sounds. Impressive doesn't even begin to describe it. I wish I had a recording of that night, but to at least give you an example of how birds can perfect the art of inorganic noisemaking, here's a curl-crested jay imitating some sounds it picked up while living in the city. So cool. When I was much younger, probably in the 7 to 10 age range, I would often imitate random sounds. Walking down a hallway and hearing a door squeak as it opened, I would squeak right back at it. I would have a chat with the cats, still do from time to time, Listening almost felt like life's secret little game. Sort of like, hey, but can you make this sound? <laughs> and I'd give it my best shot. Listening with full attention revealed incredible beauty. A kind of beauty that cannot be seen or experienced by any other means. Some sounds, especially music, can completely enrapture me and give me goosebumps. 
like this woman in a large church hall singing a piece by contemporary composer Arvo Part. Although only one voice, it's so rich. Church halls and cathedrals are designed so that sounds linger, giving rise to an otherworldly feeling. It implies the unfathomable size of the universe and the inconceivable, God. In and of themselves, these monuments elicit the profound nature of what we can never learn about the divine. They are intended to amplify the sense of all that which only God can inspire. Regardless of spiritual beliefs, these structures produce ethereal acoustics that I think anyone can get lost in. And that is precisely the point. Tuning into sound and deeply listening lets us live in the moment, to realign ourselves with the present. One more thing I'd like to share is a kind of listening exercise that I used to practice more, though still do from time to time. Sometimes when becoming overwhelmed in a noisy place, I will take a moment to relax the focus of my vision or close my eyes altogether and listen to the entire space. Instead of honing in on one particular noise, I would give in to the collective din of the space. Imagine yourself in a busy cafe or restaurant and simply let go of trying to identify anything. Let the sounds dissolve into a sonic ocean. An unusual meditation, though it would calm me down and allow me to re-engage with the present activity. The incredibly mundane experience of listening can be radically transformed when given full attention. It allows us to pause the bustle of daily life, to feel the space in between things and tap into the extraordinary. So what sounds give you pause? Are there any things that make you listen more closely? Please share the ways in which the world presents itself to you sonically. Thanks so much for listening to as well as with me today. Please stay tuned for the next episode of Every Little Counts. Thank you.